What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined on a Sunday evening by Joe Delera and Jim Turvey. This is your Monday Best Bets episode and Futures Look Ahead, a.k.a. the Weekend Recap. On today's show, we're going to give you best bets for the Monday slate, the association for the league takes a, a night off for Election Day. Go vote. Go vote right now. Go do that. Um, while you're voting. Download the Action Network app. Like while you're in line voting, you can just download the Action Network app and and do it that way. Or if you're waiting to drop off your ballot, if you have one of the states where mail voting is a thing, like in the great state of Colorado, I voted yesterday, so I'm done. You can download the Action Network app and get all sorts of great shows. You can get the favorites recapping the Sunday action uh, every Sunday. You can get their Tuesday and Thursday shows with Simon Hunter and Chad Millman. You can get the Action Network podcast with the Sunday six pack on Thursdays with Stucky and Chris Rayvon, where Rayvon is once again, for like the third year in a row, hotter than the goddamn sun. Um, it is insane how hot he is right now betting NFL. Uh, you should go check that out in the Action Network app to see for yourself. You can also get Brandon Anderson's best bets throughout the week as he continues to celebrate things like Texans Island, despite the fact that they didn't cover today. So, you know, that that's a thing that he's going to... The thing about Brandon... Can't stop the victory lap. Nothing that you do can stop. the. It's always, always victory lapping. Go to YouTube.com slash The Action Network, and you can find all of our live shows. Uh, We are, I will have more details probably later this week. I think we're going to be doing an NBA live show uh, one of these nights here, and I'll have more details on that later um, doing the slate. Want to let you know, I'm sorry, this is a long intro, but there's a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, We are doing NBA bet streams. I need to promote this because I wasn't on the Wednesday show. Uh, this week it's Wednesday. You can catch NBA Bet Stream. Just go to just follow NBA Bet on Twitter and you'll find the details. Uh, I'm on it. Sean Little's on it. Brendan Glasheen. It's a great time. We'll have more info on that show later on. All right, let's do it. Let's get the best bets for the Monday slate. Later on, we're going to talk MVP because that's right. I am never too early to talk MVP. It's <laughs> never too early for me. Uh, let's start with Jim Turvey tonight. Jim, what's your best bet for the Monday slate? I have San Antonio Spurs, Indiana Pacers over 238. Okay, Joe Delera, what's your best bet for the Monday slate? We're back to my favorite big guy, Rudy Gobert, over 11 and a half rebounds. Okay, uh, taking a night off from Jokic. That's an interesting <laughs> decision. Uh, I have two. I am with Jim on Spurs Pacers over 238, and I am on Clippers minus one and a half versus the New York Knicks. What the f- fuck is that line joe delera like it's all about brunson (laughs) i'm 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 trying like i'm gonna get burned because it's one of those where it's so obvious to me that i'm insult like i'm insulted by this line (laughs) i'm not gonna say what i have this number power rated as but it's high like the difference like the number when i looked at it on, on my little spreadsheet for my projections reached through the screen grabbed me by the throat and screamed at me <laughs> you must bet the clippers right now like the girl in the ring like how is this one and a half joe 
I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I think it's just maybe Randall will catch the falling knife and actually make a basket. Jim, like, do you have thoughts on this? Like, do, do you have any idea of, of why it is that the Clippers, with what should be a full complement of guys, it's the first game with Harden, and that's like, a, there's a reason for hesitation because we've seen the Suns lost when Booker came back for a game. And when the Cavs got Garland and Allen back, they lost on Friday night in the tournament game to the Pacers with what I thought was a very beautiful court. You'll be able to hear more about that on Tuesday. Um, like, there's there's all of these kind of like, you know, the star comes back and the org comes in for the first time here, and they're not used to playing with them, so it's a little bit awkward. I can kind of see that. But, like, they scored 89 points versus the Cavs when the Cavs didn't have their guys in that second game. They, they put only 109 on them in the first game. Um, they scored 87 versus the Pels. They dropped 126 on the Hawks. Like Clippers defense, I don't think is elite, but I have the, like the Clippers have the number one half court offense in the league right now. It's four games. I get it. But like Jim is, am I, am I, I, I don't understand this line. No, I think the books are very, you know, for better and worse, they're very tethered to preseason expectations. They're not going to overreact to a four game sample. Whereas mm-hmm. we as betters, are probably going to be susceptible to it, but it also means we can have a little more nuance and understand if teams aren't looking right, you know, what is maybe a four game sample and, and, and not that, you know, that reliable or what is a Knicks offense that a lot of us saw potentially coming back to earth, coming back to earth hard uh, and looking at a spot where I also do imagine that part of what's baked in is that, that first game with Harden, right? I think in the long term, it's going to be nice to have a stable of four (laughs) unreliable people for to cycle in and out. And you you get two some nights, three some nights. This is the one with four, and it's the first one of them. And who really knows how it's going to all play out? I don't know if I weigh that per se as much as as others. I think, um, you know, they've played basketball together before. I don't don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, I would be with you on the Clippers. And we we even chatted briefly um, before we started recording about, you know, eyeing a Knicks team total under. The offense does look really shady right now. Um, Like Joe said, I mean, Randall can't hit anything. It's it's gotten to the point where I really want to, like he is one of the top, you know, positive regressions, like regression back to, you know, not shooting 10% at the rim or whatever he's shooting right now. I'm scared to do it because he, it, it just hasn't looked there. Now he's, he's drawn some tough defensive assignments. They had the bucks. He always struggles against the bucks in that front court, which is fair. Um, But I know I'm, I'm with you on the Clippers and, and I do think that this number smells a little weird for sure. I think it's really the books just, you know, tethered to where they were before season and only being willing to move it a point or two at most um, four games in the season. Yeah, yeah and like, this guess. is preseason. Year. Like that's a good point, right? Because if it's preseason, I think my power ratings for this game are probably not too far off this. <clears throat> like it's probably yeah, exactly. very close. Um, to that point, dunks and threes. Uh, Knicks have had the third toughest strength of schedule so far. The Clippers have yeah. had the twenty eighth, right? So Clippers are a plus three point one in net rating adjusted. Uh, Knicks are still plus zero point six, even though they're two and four. Um, so they're still a positive team here. They're at home. I kind of get it. I think the reason I'm still okay on betting this and have bet it and we'll continue to, to not hedge out of it is assuming that the Clippers are playing guys. I want to make that very clear. Maybe you should wait because maybe they'll be like, Hey, Harden's <laughs> going to debut. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Kawhi, Kawhi had a thing. Like his dry cleaning was like really almost likely, right? Like it almost day. Seems like it's a good day to let him rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna Paul George isn't gonna play. Paul George, by the way, is like top five in uh, um, win shares and VOR. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, 
if the if the number is basically on preseason, that would make a lot of sense. And like you shouldn't overreact that much, you know. And like I, I, I had resisted the idea of putting in even adjusting to, to in season numbers uh early i went ahead and did it because i was like i really want to see what this looks like right now and you know to be fair that's influencing things because the current numbers are like oh god the knicks are a hazmat zone yeah um yeah. And maybe they are maybe they aren't but i just think it's an, an it's an interesting game and we'll see how it goes but i'll go ahead and stand by it based off of i i do think this clippers team is better than people realize like i think they're a little bit under the yeah. radar for how good they I, are and um harden the good thing with harden is basically uh he's played with russ before and he does just kind of know how to do things. And the other thing is like the Clippers don't have a highly structured offense anyway. What's Harden going to fuck yeah. up? It's mostly just quite, it's just mostly just isolations and a lot yeah. of three pointers. Um, but that's long on that game. Just, I was baffled by that. Uh, Joe, <laughs> Rudy Gobert over 11 and a half rebounds. Why are we going to the well again? Uh, so we got the golden French fry against Kristaps uh, Porzingis and the <laughs> Boston Celtics. And part of why I like this spot is Boston is just, their rotations are a little bit smaller, right? And then I think that he's Rudy's been really good against Porzingis historically, uh, you know, basically throughout his career. He's exceeded this line in seven of 11 head-to-head matchups. And in their most recent game, uh, he had 17 points, 19 boards against Porzingis um, when he was on the Wizards, obviously. And that game, it was without Carl Anthony Towns. But I don't think that Carl Anthony Towns' presence really matters all that much in this spot. Um, Gobert is just such a defensive anchor. And I think that Boston, they shoot, you know, they shoot a lot of mid-range, they shoot a lot of three. Um, I think that this is a good opportunity for him to really kind of clean up the glass, especially with Porzingis oftentimes, you know, kind of being pulled out onto the perimeter. And the way Minnesota's personnel is, it kind of can allow them to still have Rudy play in a drop, like play towards the basket defensively um, and let some of the other guys kind of roam around the perimeter to defend Porzingis. So I I really like this spot. Um, Gobert is one of the leading rebounders in the league this season. He's exceeded his... uh, rebounds line in every game except for the most recent one and he's actually averaging 12.4 rebounds per game so at 11 and a half rebounds at plus 105 um i think this line is too short um then i think that if you want to take some alts you can i'm comfortable where i'm at here but he has averaged 13.3 rebounds in his career in head-to-head matchups against porzingis obviously different scenarios different circumstances different teams but I do like the matchup overall. I think that he is a much better rebounder um, than Porzingis, and this is just a good spot for him. So this is um, irresistible force and unstoppable object, right? A um, little bit. Immovable object, rather. Um, best defense in the league for the Wolves. Spurs are the best offense. This is number one offense versus number one defense. Or yeah. Spurs, Celtics. Celtics, Celtics number one. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, wow. Wemby's Wemby, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Wemby highlights and I'm just like <laughs> dreaming into the future. Um, you know, what makes me nervous is, okay, what if the, what if the Celtics just go in there and shoot 60%? Cause that's what they do, right? Like they could just yeah. go in there and have one of those nights where I think you're probably okay though, is uh, Celtics are top 10 in pace. They're actually 11th in offensive possession length. So even if, the Celtics shoot a high percentage, you might get enough opportunities here for Gobert to simply get those. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I look, I can't blame it. Jimmy got thoughts. Well, I have a grander thoughts about the game as a whole, um, but, but kind of tying into your point, actually. So, so you mentioned, you know, the Celtics number one offense. I do think they're a very good offense, but I think there is a little bit of noise in that right now. 
you know, five game sample. And one of them is, um, you know, if we're looking at offensive rating and at net rating, it's a 51 point win over the Pacers where they dropped 155. So that's when, you know, when you get a whole season to kind of even that out, that can get a lot that, that kind of like flattens out. But right now in, in five games, that's going to be, it's going to skew stuff a little bit. And to that point, the Wolves right now, they have the fifth best net rating and they've played the 10th hardest schedule. Celtics have played the second easiest schedule so far. And now, even that has some some noise to it, right? I remember looking, uh, I think I was either yesterday or day before, I was looking at someone who had a, a strong strength of schedule, and it was clear that, uh, you know, the Grizzlies were being counted as a strong strength opponent when, you know, they certainly yeah. have not looked that way so far. So th- there's noise in all this, but that's kind of, you know, why I'm thinking that let's grab these points for a home underdog in Minnesota um, that I think is probably the best team that Boston has played so far. Um, I like them more than the Knicks. I like them more than the Heat. Um, certainly more than Wizards and Pacers. Um, so I, I think I think that there's a good chance this, this is a pretty tight game. Um, and I think that, you know, the early money actually looks like it's on the Celtics. So maybe wait this one out a little bit. If you can get up to like five and a half, um, you know, those, those we talk how much, how precious those like four, four and a half, five, five and a half points really are because of the free throws at end of game. So I'd wait this one out, see which direction it goes. But um, I lean to the Wolves um, a little bit because I think, that the the Celtics, while outstanding, there's a little bit of noise to how outstanding they've been so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% right with you. Um, I have this right on the dot of where the, the number's at in the market uh, at plus four. Uh, this looks dead on to me. I don't have showing any sort of real advantage here. Um, like, it's literally, I think this line is perfect. I, I check the money lines too. Money lines, this is very rare that actually the these are in line. It's kind of weird that NBA is so the hold, the hold is so different. Um, can't find value on money line either. So I show a lot of value on the over. I'm not going to play it because of what you kind of mentioned, which is all right. What if the Celtics just beat up on a lot of teams that couldn't defend them, like the Pacers? Because the, yeah. the Celtics offense, the biggest <laughs> problem with them is always what happens when things get tough. Yeah, they tend to struggle. And if Minnesota can make it tough on them, this could turn into a little bit more of a high octane game. And if it feels like a big deal in the arena, guys slow down. Like they start to take it a little bit more. Like if it turns into a not a playoff, but that regular season intensity um, format, then guys do tend to take possession by possession a little bit more seriously. And well, I don't know if you noticed um, they had like the the player stream going the other day for I think it was for the Warriors Thunder. Um, in season game and they had KD on and KD, they asked him, you know, who, who gives you the hardest time um, defense? Like who, who's the best defender on you or who do you hate going against the most? And he, you know, he hemmed in hard for a bit. He didn't even want to say anyone. And then, but then when he finally did say one, he said, Jaden McDaniels. And, you know, I think everyone here knows how Smart. much, like this is a Jaden McDaniels appreciation fan club here. Um, Tatum's going to get, get him up in his face, uh, you know, for, for all, yeah. pretty much the whole time he's out there. So I, I think that's about as good of a defensive assignment as you can throw at Tatum um, to kind of throw a little wrench in the Celtics uh, offense. Uh, Jim, I don't, I don't necessarily think that this one takes a lot of uh, cap, but Spurs Pacers over 238. It's a high number for sure. Pacers overs this season are five and one. Spurs overs are four and one. Spurs on back to back. We don't have any idea who's in or out for this game. Uh, what's your cap on Spurs Pacers over? Yeah, well, like you said, it's two teams that have both um, been pretty reliable to the over this season. Small sample, caveated, of course. Um, but they're also two of the top five teams in pace. Um, I, I think, let me, I got it right here. I think they're, I think Pacers are number two to the Wizards. Spurs are, are number five. Um, and with these, with these high totals, you know, we talk a lot about at, at the extreme, at the at either ends of the extreme, the books struggle a little bit. Um, you know, to use a cross sport reference, we saw that. 
uh, Iowa college football total uh, this week was at what 31 is like the one of the lowest ever. And of course it goes under because it, it's almost it's it, they, the book struggle to go as low as they really need to because the extremes are difficult. So these really high totals often, uh, you know, they can't put it high enough. And this is this is one of those examples. Joe, you you had mentioned um, I didn't follow up with you, so maybe we can do it here. You did you think Wemby might be out tomorrow? If so, that only you know then it's like it goes to a full hammer spot just because yeah. you know the the on off with him for defensive rating is crazy so far. Yeah, I mean I'm speculating to a degree, right? Because the Spurs they played um, they played today in an overtime game against the Toronto Raptors, and they broke Matt's heart by going over their team total because of the <laughs> overtime. But um, look, but Wemby played 37 minutes. He played uh, yeah. what what was it 40 minutes in the game prior? I'm wondering if maybe they use this as an opportunity to give him a day off, especially in like this type of high octane game against the Indiana Pacers, where it's like. You're not you're going to be running. You're probably going to have like at least an extra like 10, 15 trips up and down the court. Um, I'm wondering if maybe this is a spot they say like, you know what, like, let's rest him. We're probably going to also still be without Vassell. Um, let's just see what we can do. And it's just going to be like a Keldon Johnson love fest over there. So um, <laughs> I, I think that that like I kind of was leaning Pacers team total over, but I like the full game over. I think either way, um, I think that, you know, obviously Indiana's defense is relatively garbage um and then obviously the uh the spurs defense even though they have wemby still isn't very good yeah so i, I looked this up after jim mentioned it uh victor Wembanyama off court this season a 123.6 defensive rating in those not good now not great now that's that's you know it's like the numbers are the same basically for vassell and actually a little bit better uh they're actually a little bit worse defensively with sohan on the court so yeah, a little bit of a starters bench, but that doesn't really make anything better. To me, this is actually a Pacers cap. To me, it's just like the Pacers in the spot versus a tired team are just going to run, 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 run. And I just think that yeah. the like we saw that they got absolutely annihilated by the Celtics. I think it's good. The Pacers are going to be. I think they're going to run mediocre and bad teams out of the gym with their offense, and I think yeah. they're going to get run out of the gym versus all the the good teams that are like, oh, you want to run? Cool, let's do that. Let let's go run. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the cap. I like all those. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's talk a little bit about some futures because you mentioned Jason Tatum there with him facing Jaden McDaniels there, Jim. And look, uh, we are in week two. We are finishing the uh, (laughs) second Sunday of the season. So obviously all this stuff is caveated with it's too early to really say. And I don't necessarily think that now is a time to start betting MVP, but I think it's worth a, a, and I think we should start looking at what the board looks like and examining how we think this is going to go and what the early trends are subject to a whole lot of things that can change. And so if we look at uh, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and where they've got the market currently listed at, to no surprise, Nikola Jokic is the favorite to win MVP. Uh, Plus 300 for the one-loss Denver Nuggets. Luka Doncic, plus 450. Jason Tatum, plus 700. Uh, Joel Embiid, 10 to 1. Steph Curry, 10 to 1. Giannis, 12 to 1. Booker, 16 to 1. He's only played one game. Shea Gilders Alexander, 18 to 1. Kevin Durant, 20 to 1. Um, 
and so on and so forth. I'm not surprised that Jokic has moved down a little bit because the Nuggets, to me, are the second best team in basketball right now, regular season-wise. This is very important. I would lean towards Nuggets to win the title right now. You shouldn't bet it because we've talked a lot about how you can get better value later. But um, I would like the Nuggets in a series versus the Celtics. I think their fastball is better than anybody else's. But regular season-wise, as good as the Nuggets have been, and as much as I think that the Nuggets, like, I'd probably be betting the Nuggets as dogs versus the Celtics on the road if the game was tomorrow. That doesn't change the fact that over the course of the season, I think the Celtics are still going to be better. Because right now, their numbers are broken. Um, but Jokic leads in VORP. EPM is not out yet. It won't be out until they get themselves. They are, unlike me, um, responsible with their sample sizes. And so they won't put that out yet. Um, same thing with Darko. And same thing with the LeBron stats over at, at B-Ball Index. So a lot of the catch-alls we don't have. But Jokic, once again, in VORP, he's always number one in VORP. The stats are incredible. They're always going to be amazing. Um, Joe, I'll kind of start with you. Look, we talked a lot about how, you know, in the preseason, I didn't know what to do with with Jokic. And I didn't know if the Nuggets would be that good about the under on them. That looks like a loss bet. We'll see what happens. Jamal Murray's going to miss some time. They are thin. There's some weakness. Like, They've started awesome. They will go through bad times like anybody else. It just depends on how bad it gets. But as much as Brandon and I are very uh, confident in the age restrictions that have typically held to this award, only two players over the age of 28 in the last 25 years have won this award. Um, Joker just looks, he's every night, he's just absolutely crushing. And he looks definitively like the best player on the floor and in the NBA still. Yeah, I mean, he just keeps doing something different every game too. Like every time you watch you watch him play, it's like, oh, that was crafty, or like that was different, or like I didn't really expect that. Um, you know, he's kind of added. It looks like he's added that three point shot to his bag too. Like after the playoffs, where we were seeing it every day, but now it's like we're seeing inbounds passes to him with like a couple seconds left on the clock. So I think that it's really fascinating to watch, especially because the team really does look effortless. Um, I do wonder if like it's weird because like I don't normally want to buy somebody for MVP this early, right? But depending on the Murray injury, if if the Nuggets continue to just rip off wins um, with Murray out, I feel like that could even that that could even help his case even more because then it's like, oh yeah, like it's not just the team is back together. It's like, oh no, like we dealt with that injury and I made all of these other guys look good. Like I made uh, I made like. Peyton Watson looked good. Like I like I made I made Gillespie look good. Like I made everybody look good. Um and I'm wondering if like we're kind of at that point because I feel like we we have the conversation because like we always talk about like well certain guys have to fit the profile, they have to fit the criteria. And it's like Jokic is right like he's there. Like we know he's there. Like we know how good he is. It's almost like have we been looking for a reason to bet somebody else? besides him um and like now it's like you're oh, running wait. mind you yeah like i know <laughs> and like that's what i'm saying so it's like he should have probably won it last year um i think like yeah. one of the three years i think Embiid probably should have won it too like like whatever like it's not it doesn't matter but like i think that the, since like a little bit of a narrative <laughs> it's a little bit of a narrative award i think that there could be even be that push it's like hey probably should have won it last year like let's give it to him he won the finals mvp let's like he's clearly the best player in the league the best player in the world like why are we not giving him the award and recognizing him? Yeah, and, and there won't be any resistance to him based off of uh, last year's like, well, let's see him do it in the playoffs. This yeah. for a guy that made the Western Conference Finals, something that Joel Embiid has never done. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't, don't, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fools, Discipline. 
Discipline. Uh, story time. So if you didn't, if you missed it, there was a sequence in the game versus the Mavericks where Nicole Jokic let a break and he had Reggie Jackson in the corner and he was, he looked like he was whipping a pass to the corner in transition to Reggie Jackson. Peyton Watson comes right up behind him, takes the ball in mid and as it was being passed <laughs> and absolutely tomahawk dumps it. And afterwards we were debating, should Jokic be credited with an assist for that? Cause it would have given him the triple double. They didn't give it to him on that, in that particular sequence. And I was like, no, he didn't mean to pass it to him. Like intent matters. <laughs> and like Katie Wingy of Altitude and I were, were going back and forth on it. And there was a bunch of, like, she had a pretty, a pretty good argument for it, but I was just like, okay, like I'm going to settle this and make sure that, that we're clear that that was not intentional. So I asked Jokic, I was like on that play where Peyton grabbed it and dunked it. Like you were trying to pass to Reggie. Right. And he was like, no, I, I heard Peyton behind me. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, no, he, he called out. So I passed it. And that way either one of them can get it. He made a pass that either one of them could get. Like he literally made a pass that could have resulted in one of two assists based on the multiverse. What the fuck is this guy? That's insane. Um, this is ridiculous. Anyway, that's Jim, uh, your thoughts on Nikola Jokic as I continue to be blown away watching him every night. Yeah, I, to me, this MVP race is really a two-person race. So let, let's look, let's kind of peruse through the the top seven here. So we mentioned Booker. I'll start. We'll go seven to one. Booker, yeah, he's already out. It sounds like it, they got the MRI. That's not that's a no bet. Then you go up one, Giannis. Giannis quietly, you know, I think I think he is going to have moved into the we want him to prove it again kind of category right now. He also hasn't, yeah. he's only cleared 65 games once in the last five, four seasons before this. Yep. And that's kind of a recurring theme here. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back to Tatum because he's one of the ones uh, I do, uh, I do think has a chance here, but I mean, Embiid, if, if I could give a best bet and if I could bet this market Embiid to not win MVP minus 900 oh. would be my best bet. In what universe <laughs> is he going to get another MVP this season? Um, I was about to get very upset, but look, I will say this, um, I'm often labeled a hater and it's not wrong. But the reason is because, you know, I, I feel like, look, if it, I was talking to my son the other day. This is a divergent, but I think it's important. I saw my son the other day and he was like, I was making, we were talking about something. I mentioned, well, a lot of people think that I'm too hard on people on, on online. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, I cover the best athletes in the world. And I was like, I cover the best and they work so hard. I was like, I told my son, I was like, I see these guys in the locker room afterwards when they can barely walk when they're exhausted and downtrodden and when they're in their lowest moments of defeat. And I see how much work goes in every single day. And I'm never going to be amazed or confused on the fact of that what they do is exceptional and phenomenal and different from everybody else. I was like, but if you're going to be considered the best players in the world, then I have to be extremely detailed in my criticism. Like I have to care enough to differentiate and ask whether you're really there. This is all to say that I've been hard on Joel Embiid, and I think he's been absolutely phenomenal this season. I think he has been so good. Uh, the assists are, are considerably up. He's averaging seven assists per game this season. A lot of this is that Nick Nurse has done things like run dribble handoffs, and those are that's not like gaming the system. A ton of Jokic assists are DHO. That's a, a ton of them. And it's kind of proof that like, yeah, you can you can manipulate things to get these. Now, Jokic is legitimately one of the best passers in the history of the league and Embiid's not. But he is passing a lot more out of face up. He is passing a lot more at the top of the key out of pinch post. They're using him in different ways. And he, to his credit, has really committed to being better in those in those instances. And so, like, I think he's been really great. The Sixers have really good vibes. 
I can't trust him to stay healthy. So that's like a no bet for me on that. And I don't know what this, this team is going to like. Part of this with the Sixers is things are really good now. The vibes are good. Kelly Oubre is balling, helping out. Tyrese Maxey, we talked about him last week. You know, as his numbers continue to drop for most improved. What happens when this team hits adversity? That's what I got to see. If they can show me that they can get through that, I'll feel a lot better about it, Jim. Well, and here's the thing. Like, honestly, everything you just said, I agree with. And I'm not even a Joel hater. I was the one, you know, semi-defending that MVP last year. But it's a narrative award, and there is no way on planet Earth that yeah. he will, after all of all of that, let... To me, this is a market that has a... You know, you can almost take out the hold because I, I literally cannot fathom a world in which Joel Embiid wins MVP. I think he could go for 40... And the, be, partly because there are so many other good players in the league. So let me let me not get too held up on that. Other than to say, I don't see Embiid winning this award at all. Steph Curry again, injuries. He hasn't played at least he's hasn't played like at least sixty five games since twenty eighteen. Uh, he's only done it once in the last six years before this. Again, you know, maybe this is the year, but I, I at ten to one, I don't think it's quite worth it. Even though he's playing amazing to start the season, uh, Luca, another one who quietly, you know the high his high, career high after his rookie season is 66 games played now maybe some of this is you know a fact a factor yeah. of there wasn't motivation to play those extra few games it's not like he's missed large chunks of time but every every season he's missed time he went into the locker room tonight there's just he is not as sturdy as Jokic and Tatum which to me is a part of this cap that I think because it's its first season I think we're all kind of sleeping on a little bit and you know that that might be the biggest thing with Jokic not only is he unfathomably good and and the event by the advanced stats by everything he won the title last year he also just plays like night after night last last year was his low with 69 games which easily clears that bar and we know that he was sitting multiple games just because they didn't care and they almost wanted to tank him out of the mvp race so the the stamina part of this the the games played i think is something that for me it really you know and and then put on top of that that the nuggets and celtics are teams that we think are the two best teams in the league and i really think that it's Jokic and tatum uh, i have T- tatum from preseason i'm gonna wait for some lull for Jokic um to try and hop on that if not you know i'll, I'll bite the bullet and and at some point i'll have to add definitely not this early in the season but for me it's, it's those two that are the only ones that are really catching my eye I like Tatum a lot, still at seven and one. He he kind of came around by the end of all the research and preseason, he kind of came around to be my favorite bet. Just because the market is still kind of the market kind of agrees with Brandon Anderson. And what I mean by that is Brandon doesn't think that Tatum is good enough to ever be among those players. And that's not like that's not a Brandon specific complaint. Um Ken Barkley over at Lock at uh, You Better You Bet talks about this a lot. About just like you have to be at a certain level of guy. And Tatum's not. Like and it's weird to me because I'm like, look, he's made four conference finals and a finals. Like, he, you know, he's averaging this year 39-3 and he averaged 30 last. Like, I don't know what it is that we're looking for. If if the classic model of scoring a shit ton of points as the best player on the best team is no longer valid, we really have kind of moved into like an analytics versus whatever the fuck last year was. Um, but we've really kind of moved in like an analytics forward conversation about these things, right? Uh, in that you've got to have the advanced stats because that's where Tatum really suffers because his team is so good and it's evenly distributed and Tatum doesn't control the ball the same way. Like, I honestly think that part of this is that he, Tatum's usage is never necessarily astronomical. And that's an interesting kind of counter position here is like how much of this, you know, and 
that's what makes again Jokic so incredible is like he's won two MVPs despite being a not incredibly high usage player in part because usage doesn't track the assist, right? Like it doesn't track when he's got how much he's got the ball. Um, and B's got the highest usage this season. Doncic is second. Fox is third. Donovan Mitchell is fourth. If you want to buy low spot, I'm going to continue to say they beat the Warriors tonight. If if that team gets back to where Brandon and I thought they would be preseason, if we wind up right on the Cavs, Mitchell's number will drop. It may not be good enough for you to be able to he- buy out on it or hedge against it, but like Donovan's balling to start the season. Um, but like yeah. Tatum's not on that list. Tatum's 18th in in, in usage. He Low doesn't Cam dominate Thomas. the ball, but he puts up 30. Do what, Jim? Yeah. Below Cam Thomas in usage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it, 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 I am just kind of like, look, is are, are we really going to have no case for scoring 30 points and being a, a, a plus-plus defender on the best team in the league because his team's too good? When it's not like this is not a super. It's Drew Holiday and Chris Apps Porzingis. This is not Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that's a very good point. I, I mean, I guess the thing with Boston this year, right? Maybe this year is a better. He has a better chance to win just based on the fact that the rest of the team, like the starting lineup, is great. They're like, and they're they're six deep, right? Um, after that, it's a lot of like oh, all right, like, I hope nobody gets hurt. Like, and I think that, I, like, maybe that's kind of, like, but, like, but really, though, because, like, one of the things that I noticed about Tatum, which is interesting, is a lot of times when I look at player props, right, like, when you sort by, like, wins by 10 or wins by 15 or more, a lot of times, like, the superstars don't score because they don't need to score or, like, they already blew them out. Tatum is not one of those dudes because Boston just doesn't have enough guys. And like he continues to score like 30 points per game in the blowout. So like you'll see lines like this week they had Tatum against, I think what did they play the Blazers one game and it was like 20 or the Wizards and it was like 24 and a half. And it's like, and he went easily over it in a blowout and like Tatum still kind of puts up those big numbers just because they don't have anybody. So I think that like, he's one of those guys where even though, you know, Boston's so good, like they kind of still need him to be really good. And I think maybe the splits between the Tatum lineups or like the starting lineups and then some of those full bench lineups are going to be a little bit more like significant than they have been in years past. And maybe that's kind of how he can kind of edge his way in there analytics wise. Whereas like Boston, their big strength had been their depth for so long. And they kind of traded a lot of that away this off season to get, uh, you know, to build around Derek White, to get Chris Tapps Porzingis. Um, and maybe that's the way that Tatum can get there from like an advanced analytics model, just based on those splits between his, his minutes and then like non Tatum minutes. This isn't going to hold for a lot of reasons, but I want to yeah. ask this question because I think it's an interesting hypothetical. If the Clippers are as good as their early numbers suggest, which again, a lot of reason to think that's not true. Are they ineligible because of the amount of talent they have? Like we've seen this pretty consistently where you can have a really good team, but you do have too many names. And I don't know, like it would, <laughs> I can definitely see it being March and me trying online to be like, you guys should really consider Paul George and no one listening to me. Like absolutely <laughs> no one paying attention to me. Just being like, all right, Matt, sure. Um, Cause he has been their best player and he's more likely to play than Kawhi. But Harden's going to have the ball now. Like, is there any scenario? Like what I, if I, t- if I came back from the future and I said, I'm only going to tell you one thing and it's who won MVP. <laughs> and you're like, wait, why, what happened? Um, but if I, if I told you that and I said a member of the Clippers won MVP, Joe, who do you think won it? 
Kawhi. Okay. That, like if you Jim? if you told me, like if you had me guess who on mm-hmm. the Clippers would be, I'd say Kawhi. Jim? Yeah, I mean, I probably would say Kawhi. I actually, I didn't scroll down far enough to look at these two numbers, but to your, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting point, right? Right now, you can get Kawhi Leonard in ninety-five to one. You can get Paul George one hundred and fifty to one. Maybe the answer isn't let's do one. Maybe you just put a tiny sprinkle on both these guys right now. If if this is you know, it, again, it's it's Lucy with the football or a try. I don't watch that. I never see it. It's Charlie with the football. Lucy's involved somehow. That's us though with the Clippers. <laughs> they always do this, and everyone falls for. It, and they're always me- NBA media darlings. But ninety, we we don't have to deal with the repercussions of, you know, them falling flat on their face and us too. If it's a, a sprinkle at 95 to one and 150 to one, I actually, I, I probably am going to get off this recording and, and get a touch there. Cause those are really tasty numbers. Great. I feel, I feel I, super I good about that. I just cannot get there. Like I, I could maybe get there at like the all-star break, like prove to me that you can play half, yeah, that's more, <laughs> a little bit, even more than half a season. Like, do, like Tatum, Tatum and Bead, Jokic, yeah, Tatum and Bede, Jokic, they're all going to be there. Like, and they're still probably going to be the favorites. So, like, if yeah, Kawhi and Paul cool. George are still playing, I'll get them later. <laughs> all right, um, I love it. it. I love that. I'm going to put that on the official account. We're putting that. We're putting the 95 and 151 <laughs> in on the official account for <laughs> for, for a half unit. Is what we're going to do, um, and I'll take care of our oh, ROI. I want like a half of a half of a half of a unit. <laughs> oh, you want? You want? Okay, you want for a tenth of a unit? We'll put it on there. Yeah, that um, sounds fair. All right. Okay, that's Jim Turvey, Joe Delary. You can catch him in the Action Network app and on Twitter. Jim is at TurveyBets. Joe is at Joe Delara. Thanks for joining us. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, the Crack Video team, including Hunt and Jackson. Put this up over on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Action Network. Uh, we will be back. We actually will be back tomorrow. There's no games in the association, but we're going to have a special in-season tournament look after the games on Friday night. We're going to talk about the courts. Uh, we'll talk about the style of games, all that. We're going to give you some insights on how to bet the in-season tournament uh, before next Friday's second night of action in that. So make sure to check that out for Tuesday. Go vote. Have yourselves a great day. Thanks for joining us. Till next time, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.